Hey, everybody, this is Marcia Reiner with Profit with a Plan podcast. I have a treat for you today. My guest is Jason Pearl, and we're going to be talking about how to get your lead your, to be the leader that the people want to follow. And these are the people, whether they're your business um, clients or your team, but be that leader. And it's so important to be that leader. So join us on Profit with a Plan podcast. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner, known as a Profit Booster and a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability guide your growth, and plans for a future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have a super powerful training I want to share with you. It's called the 30-Day Profit Booster. And this is where I'll show you how you can get a 45% boost in net profit in just 30 days, simply by following a three-step method that doesn't require that you're chasing more customers. This quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending more on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go check it out right now at 30dayprofitbooster.com for more information. Okay, so my guest today is Jason Pearl. He's the founder and CEO of Naker Consulting, one of the nation's top growth leaders specializing in small to medium-sized businesses from startup to acquisition. Using his heart-centered approach to life, leadership, and business, Jason helps some of the fastest-growing companies in the industry generate more than $100 million in revenue over his past 36 months. For more than two decades, leaders have put their trust in Jason's expertise to get the most out of management and revenue-generating teams. His secret is focusing on not just the dollars generated, but the people behind the scenes who are producing the results. His signature approach aligns each person's head, heart, and house, with uh, which can help harness the power of outproduction or outproducing the competition. As a growth partner, Jason's approachable style is genuine. Uh, interest in helping leaders and business owners succeed are unmatched. Deeply rooted in faith, family, and multi-generational entrepreneurship, Jason is proudly enjoys life with his wife and two daughters in Lockport, New York. Welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast, Jason. I'm excited to have you on today. Thank you, Marcia. I appreciate being here. Thank you. Great, great. So I always start off with this um, with this question: Is how in the world did you get into helping business owners, you know, generate and and manage their teams and leadership? We all have some sort of like base story we got started with. Sure, sure. So 
I am a product of two self-employed parents um, that at an early age, so they were entrepreneurs before it's cool to say you're an entrepreneur <laughs> like it is today, right? So they both started uh, businesses together in the early 70s and still in their age of the early 70s right now, they are still operating their own businesses. So, wow, so really? business ownership is something that I grew up with and I've continued, I've continued to do. Now, I took a break and went corporate post-college up until about seven years ago, but I always knew my call was to help other business owners and get back to my roots of entrepreneurship. So that's a that's that's kind of how I got here. That's funny. Everybody seems to have had that one one or a few stints in corporate to realize that that's right. <laughs> no way. That's right. You know, once you have that entrepreneurial style and and that that flows through your blood, you just it's like it's not that corporate is bad. It's just we think differently and we mm. want to make improvements that maybe they're not ready to see or take. And so, yeah, it's funny that you, we, I keep finding that, that, that little line or link between so many people. Um, Well, great. Um, Tell me now um, you have an unusual name of your company, Naker. Mm -hmm. Tell me what Mm -hmm. that means. Sure. So uh, Naker is the organic compound that actually makes up a pearl. So when I was considering starting my consulting firm, um, I, I always intended to have a boutique firm, but I never intended to just be a solopreneur because I knew that if I really was on mission to help the the, the small and medium-sized business kind of market, I was going to need a clone of myself or, or multiple clones. So not everyone loves working for someone's name, right? So they prefer to, to maybe work for like a, more of a corporate name, I, I guess you would say. So Naker Consulting still is associated with my last name, which is Pearl, but it's it, it's something that's just not my name. So that was kind of where in the beginning I said, all right, and I'm super glad I did because I now have four other consultants that, that work with me. And uh, I think they enjoy just having that brand name. I think it's, I think it's really unique because, um, you know, you you put a little flair and spin on your name, right? Because sure. it's, uh, did you tell us what does Naker mean? Yeah, Naker. So it's the organic compound of a pearl that makes up a pearl, right? Yeah, so yeah. so essentially it's like, you know, to, to, to tell you a brief story, it's like a mollusk. So it's like a clam or an oyster or whatever. When it opens its shell, it's got flesh and it. When an intruder hits that flesh, thousands uh, layers of nacreous compound encapsulates it. And that's what creates a pearl over time and the, and the sheen and the resilience of it. So um, I, I just thought that that also kind of worked well with what we do as a growth consultant agency, right? We're trying to help protect our companies, their revenue. We also try to make them look better and then have them be able to grow and have that resilience to continue to grow. So um, there's a little bit of a play on words there, but it, it suited us well. I think it's fantastic. There's also exponential ideas that come out of this. A lot of companies like to have great names. And first sure. of all, I love it is so incredibly important not to name your company after yourself because you know, thinking about selling your company in the future, sure. you can't sell your name, right? It That's makes right. it very difficult. That's right. But but then a lot of companies will will come in and go diamond or or titanium or you know, yeah. all these metals and and gems. Well, you also took a gem, which is your last name, yeah. and added it to that that flair there as well. So I like that little yeah, uh, I like that little play on it. So very yeah. creative and well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Okay. So let's, uh, let's transition into leadership, which is the reason for our call. But um, I think it's really important because right now the world is changing so much in the entrepreneurial space that we really need to find a way to lead our teams in a more 
productive way and a more encouraging way, especially when there's so many folks that are working from home and, Mm -hmm. you know, working from offsite and, and the choices are, are almost in the employee's lane as to whether they want to come work for your company. Of course. So, um, so that's why I wanted to have you on today is kind of talk about different ways that, that you can lead your company and get your team to truly follow you. So when we talk about that, what are some of the key things or problems that today's employees are facing that makes it difficult for a leader to lead? Sure. Well, I think if you you could go up and you can go down, right? So if you go up to the leaders of the organization, that those that run it, whether it be the board or the C-suite, and then you go down to the employees and the ground ground level employees, everybody wants to grow. They want to grow the fastest, most efficient way and make the most money, right? And uh, everyone has a different idea of how to do that. But oftentimes where I see businesses improperly try to grow is when they take their people, which is their human capital, right? And they treat them as a widget, like they're interchangeable. This person's not doing it, we'll take them out and we'll put this person in, right? So over the course of my career, when I was in the corporate world and I was growing, um, I realized very early on that if I could connect with the people that I was leading in a holistic way, right? So I say head, heart, and house. And house means like what's going on outside of work. I realized that I was able to unlock more growth um, Mm. for them, which the result of what they're unlocking in themselves helps what they do professionally grow. So where I see there be issues currently in today's landscape, and, and this has kind of been as, as long as it's gone, is when there's a mindset of burn and turn, right, employees and not investing the right way, you're, you can do that for a time period. But at some point in time, if you ever lose a person that's a real good producer because they don't like the culture, they don't like what's happening, the business will struggle because there is a a period of time where you still have to replace that person, you lose productivity. So so I really understood at an early age when I was managing people twice my age at 23 years old, that if I got with the people and understood what made them tick and what motivated them, that ultimately I would see them grow individually and then the company would grow. So that's really where I started kind of my head, heart and house concept. I love it. I love it. So what it's what I'm hearing is that you know, when you connect with the person, you get more out of them. Mm-hmm. But the challenge, I think, is that the person is a human, right? And they've right. got other objectives and they've got other ideas that sometimes get in the way, right? Sure. What if that employee, you know, and I'm thinking downward, right? Mm-hmm. Not sure. necessarily upward. Yep. I'm thinking we're talking to business owners. So those business owners are on the top and we're looking down. Yep. Yep. But if I'm looking at, you know, whether it's mid-management, lower management, or the actual, you know, letter opener, um, mm-hmm. how do we get them to really buy in to what we're trying to do when they've got other objectives? Maybe their objective is just a paycheck. Sure. Well, I think part of it is is the storytelling that comes from the top of the organization, right? That every member of the team is important. They have a task, they have a job, and that is critically important to the success of the organization. Whether, as you say, it's the letter opener, right? And I've worked in a mailroom before. I interned in a mailroom, so I understand what that's like. <laughs> or it's it's one of the highest level executives within the organization. There needs to be ownership. 
there needs to be accountability and there needs mm. to be a view of what their role does for the greater good of the company. And I think a lot of times that storytelling maybe isn't there, right? Maybe the leader of the organization isn't communicating that properly because yes, everybody's working for a paycheck. We, we all know that. And there's nothing wrong with being motivated by money because we all have to put food on the table and do all the things that we need to do, right? But yeah. you need to create ownership, accountability, and understanding of why what they do is important. Mm. I think that's missed out by a lot of people. And if you're talking about, you know, the three-person company or the 300-person mm -hmm. company, it's the same conversation. And I love how you describe that it's from the top down, right? Mm -hmm. If the owner can get the buy-in of the employees, the team members, this is where we're going. We have a clear path. It's right here. Yep. It's reachable. These are the steps we're doing. And I'm not necessarily looking for your feedback, maybe, maybe not. But what I'm looking for is your participation. Correct. Can you help move this boulder up the hill? That's right. That's right. And, and, and I think oftentimes when unchecked, right, when you leave, uh, I everyone likes to say like, oh, these are all the things that you need to do in a business, right? This is, this is what you have to. <laughs> I believe accountability is so critical. And it's, and it's in every direction, right? Top down, bottom up. Because if you want to be a successful company, everyone needs to do what they're hired to do, right? It's kind of like if you're in a boat, you're all rowing in the same direction. If you've got one guy that's got his oar in the water and he's pushing Ragging. in the wrong direction, the boat's <laughs> going to turn the other way. It's going to be harder. You're not going to get the same speed. It, it, it seems like a basic concept, but we live in a world where accountability is difficult because people don't like to have hard conversations, mm. right? Either with themselves or with others. Um, right. And when they do have the hard conversations, they're either not trained or it, it comes out improperly, right? They yell or they're passive aggressive or whatever, where it's like, mm. if you can just approach the issue, because there always will be issues. If you can approach it, create the right accountability and then correct it, you're going to be able to get that boat, you know, in the water going, going fast again. I like it. I like it. And I'm hearing a common theme through this, right? I'm hearing a lot of this, do the right things with the right reasons, with the right intention. I'm hearing a lot of heart, which is mm -hmm. what, what basis in your business comes through. Sure. You know, that's not always easy to do, right? I mean, you know, if you're not that kind of person, right? Um, maybe you're military driven. Hey, just do this. You've got to be sure. on this step. Go. I told, because I said so <laughs> is, right. the, is the storyline. How do you teach somebody that? Well, so I, I'll, I'll use another analogy um, to kind of talk about and teach this story. Right. So um, I'm, I'm a father. I have two, I have two daughters. Right. Um, so those that have children may understand this, but children like boundaries, Right. Mm -hmm. They like to understand that they live within boundaries. Now, they will test the boundaries all the time. Right. Of course. <laughs> and as a parent, it's your job to correct them, put them back in line and help them understand why there are these boundaries. And they may not fully understand the boundaries, but if you're consistent with it, they will they will start to understand and expect what's going to happen if they get outside the boundaries. So I've worked with a number of very successful uh, military like leaders that lead maybe a little more with an iron fist, but those that succeed are extremely consistent with the way they manage. So if you're consistent and you have different styles, it's it's okay because we're all unique, right? I may have more heart than some others have, but if you're consistent, 
That creates the boundaries that everybody understands. So if you are an employee and you make a mistake, you will understand what's coming next when you made that mistake and how you need to get back in line. If it's unchecked, then you have a culture of unchecked accountability, which creates chaos and nobody wants chaos within their organization. Wow. That's really, that's really important. And, and I see that yeah, because you're right, there are so many types of personalities out there. There's the one that wants to please. There's the one that wants to lead. The one maybe doesn't know how to lead, but even, even when they're leading and doing the things that they need to do, if there's accountability, here's the line, right? We've, we've drawn it all out and made clear. And I think that's something that is also often missing, missed by leaders teaching their employees what they want to do is to make clear expectations. Yeah. Yes. Here's exactly what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to do it. And here's how I want you to tell me you've done it. And, and, to, and to be clear, I haven't always been this way. I was a very young leader, right? I made mistakes. So my success now has been informed like all of ours from mistakes, right? And mm-hmm. and I can think back to very specific times where I let things go unchecked as a leader because I didn't want to have uncomfortable conversations and I didn't properly build the boundaries for my team. So I, as the leader, right, took the brunt of the failure because it was it was my fault, right? And for right. leaders, you have to take the brunt of the failures and then you have to pass the praise, right? Because mm-hmm. nobody wants to follow a me first leader. Because if you're truly in leadership, you're doing it, you know that your team is going to help you be successful. So you just pass the praise to them and they will want to work harder for you as opposed to a me-centric leader that says, oh yeah, I did this. I If there's a lot of I's and not a lot of we's, you, you kind of know what you're dealing with. I love that. That's that team mentality you always hear about uh, mm-hmm. in sports is that we did this, not I did sure. this. So I like that. And that yeah. definitely... You know, that becomes you you enjoy that person more to work for, right? Sure you do. I mean, when yeah. when when you're praising and and leading well and you've given clear expectations, then it's more enjoyable to be on your team. And it creates growth when you have the hard conversations for each of you. Um, I've had many hard conversations. Some I did well, some I didn't do well, but the ones I did well, it 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 bolstered the relationship that I had with that person versus making it worse. Right. Because you address it and you understand. And then oftentimes which what you find is there was something else that was motivating this or motivating that or um, and, and now you have more common ground, which helps you understand it. One of the things I say about a leader is you must be respected first. Doesn't matter if you're liked. Respect is critical. Right. Because if you're not respected, all else goes out the door. They're not going to listen to you if they don't respect you. Right. They don't have to like you. Right. Um, they don't, they, they, they shouldn't hate you, but they, but they don't have to like you. So respect comes from doing what you say you're going to do right. and, and, you know, setting, setting what you're, you know, the path is out there. Right. I Absolutely. mean, it's not that you, you enjoy me or you think I'm a bigger, better person. I said this, I did this and therefore that happened. Right. Yep. And, and I think fairness is also something that's, that's, uh, really, really important how from both sides, right? Correct. You know, you may think it's fair, but they don't think it's fair, but to sure. find that common ground is, is, right. is really important. You yeah. mentioned a couple times, right? How do you have those hard conversations, right? You know, you've made some mistakes, you've had good conversations and bad conversations. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, what would you define as a bad one? So uh, bad conversations normally happen when you come in as a leader unprepared, right? <laughs> if you come in unprepared and you come in emotional, it's mm-hmm. problematic, Right. Um, Because you're likely not 
addressing it in the way they need to address it. So if you understand head, heart, house of your of your employee, your direct report, you're going to understand likely how to how to address it with them. Right. Um, but where I've made mistakes is where I was unprepared and where they've gone well is when I came in prepared. Right. Being direct and clear, but also with the right level of fairness and kindness. Right. Yeah. And again, this isn't a I'm not just a warm and fuzzy leader. Like I'll be very direct when necessary, but you have to be prepared. You have to be clear, right? To be unclear is to be unkind, right? Multiple people have said that, but it's, it's true. I think Brene Brown was the one that, that, that most like widely that. said that, but it's, it, it, you have to be able to, you can do both. You can be clear and you can be kind at the same time. And I think that's it. When you're coming in prepared, I've coached some of my clients who have had to have gone in, had that typical conversation. And I'm like, all right, bullet points. What were the pot? What were the, what were the problems? Right. So you say, okay, here's the problem that happened. Here's how you handled it. Here's how I'd like you to handle it. And then for something I learned and correct me if this is wrong, but to end on a positive note, right. Here's some of the things that you did well. Right. So it's not just a you were this and you did this. Right. But then you did this as well. Right. Is that is that is that a good good way of doing it? I believe so. And I I think it's it's reinforcing that. Listen, we're having a hard conversation, but we're having a hard conversation because you're a valued member of this team. Mm. Right. We value you. If we didn't value you, we would just get rid of you. Right. Right. But we value you. And so we want to have this conversation because we'd like to move forward in the right direction. All of us in the boat rowing in the same direction. Right. And this is something that if it continues is going to hurt the business this way, that way or the other way. But it's also going to hurt you. Right. Mm. So it's it's um, it's enforcing, reinforcing that they are a valued member of the team, because when you as a leader are going to take time to, to to discuss something with them, it's because you value them and you value their role within the organization. So um, being able to, and I think that is positive, right? You can certainly add on and say, these are all the wonderful things we think you do, right? We want to do this, um, but it, it's it's making sure they realize that they are valued. Right. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, you know, I've, I've had, um, I've had instances where um, business owners are quick to fire, right? Mm-hmm. Um which is good and bad, right? Sure. I think that that there had been maybe some times where maybe they should have fired earlier or maybe mm-hmm. they should have worked on um, some sort of plan to rehabilitate that person before yep. they fired. Um, is there any kind of tried and true that you like to go on to uh, to make sure that your team players can remain team players? Because it's pretty sure. hard to hire these days and expensive. It Absolutely. And I believe that that relationship starts, that accountability starts in the interview process. Mm. So one of the things that I say often in my interview process, or if I'm working with a client um, and they want me to interview potentially their next sales leader or things of that nature, one of the things I'll say in my interview is, so this is who you present yourself to be today. And we really like that you're presenting this, that, and the other thing. If you come into the organization and you present yourself to be somebody different than who you presented yourself in the interview, we we know we're going to have problems, right? Mm. So I will say that very directly with eye contact and say, so is there anything else? Are you presenting yourself in the way that you feel to be authentic or are you just trying to get this job, right? Uh, because any, we will know that closet? if you present yourself to be somebody different, it's going to be a problem. So I believe yeah. it starts in the interview, right? Mm. And then onboarding. 
And then from onboarding and training, and then the accountability and the consistency of the boundaries of what you expect within the organization, within your department, within your team, whatever it may be. Wow. I love it. I, I think I think having a solid process, hiring process and and team management process is really important. Something that that I learned um, uh, from one of my leaders that I follow uh, just in the past um, year or so was to continue training. Right. Mm-hmm. Just because you hired them and they've been in the role for even a year, two years, three years, doesn't mean that they that they don't need reinforcements. Absolutely. You know, in in the space that I came out of the financial services world mm-hmm. where I was there for years, there's continuous education that needs to mm-hmm. be done for certifications and licensing and so on. For sure. It is is valuable or not valuable as those trainings are. I I find that it's really important for a continued expectations of your team members is to have continued training. Yep. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's 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 completely necessary and it's where many businesses fail. It's why when I work with companies and we normally kind of position ourselves in between, you know, sales revenue leadership and C-suite. And one of the things that's kind of a non-negotiable for us is that if you're not meeting with your team on a, on a per frequency basis, um, depending on what type of industry and things like that, but it's got to be frequently. And I would say it should be bare minimum every other week but I prefer weekly meetings, right? And it doesn't need to, it shouldn't be a three hour meeting. It should be a very agenda driven meeting with certain times for certain people to speak and question and answer and kind of all that type of stuff. But you you need to have a training component in there. You need Mm. to be able to be reinforcing what you expect and and it's not just the, the minute details, it's the global thing. If you have uh, mission, vision, values, right? Like how is our mission, vision, values directing what we do on a daily basis? Is this who we're supposed to be? Is this how we're trying to portray ourselves as an organization? You need to reinforce those things. And it's not to build a cult, but it's learned behavior. Learned, like, I mean, when you're a, a young, going back to the analogy of like a parent and a child, like, that's why you read them the same books. That's why they enjoy it. That's why there's bedtimes, right? That's what, it's all these things. And we complicate leading others, <laughs> right? We're still human beings. Yes, we can watch these podcasts, right? We can use AI. We can download this thing or that that thing that tells how to be great, but it's human beings still working with other human beings. And we complicate our life and our expectations because we do certain things and don't do other certain things that are that are critical. Right. It's that it's that uh, uh, men are from Mars and women are from Venus kind of things. It's the way we communicate and the way that we're thinking and right. understanding the person that we're having a relationship with. That's right. A, we're still having a relationship with our employees yes. the same way we're having a relationship with our customers, the same way we're having a relationship with our friends and family. That's and right. I think that when you think about you're having a relationship, whether it's paid or not, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's still important to understand and and have that kind of communication going like it is a yeah. relationship. And, um, you know, it, it it is funny. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm constantly learning different mm-hmm. things, you know, which is part of the reason I, you know, had the podcast was to bring sure, on fantastic guests like you so I can learn more about it. 
But I found that sometimes I learn these things and expect my team or or others that I'm talking to that will know that. And mm-hmm. it's like they won't. They haven't unless they're lifelong learners. So then, Sorry. you know, it becomes that sharing thing. And I think that we as leaders need to do that constantly and have some sort of ongoing education within the ranks of our company to keep things fresh, you right. know, and and creative and and how can we how can we improve processes and make make your job easier and make our customer service better and make our payroll better and make right. our profitability better and it's all Absolutely. done by by learning and improving and innovating constantly. That's right. That's and I right. think that's yeah. that's important for your for your teamwork to get them to to follow you. So speaking of following, um, what are some of the characteristics best characteristics that you find? Um, or traits that you find make for great leaders. Sure. So, um, in 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 one of the the free resources that that is available for download on my website that I'll talk about in a little bit, um, I, I go over kind of the six traits that I think all great leaders have, um, and they they kind of go as follows. Like number one is the ability to innovate and adapt. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what Which you're just what talking you, about. <laughs> what you did previously isn't always what's going to get you to the next level. Right. Um, I do understand that there are certain kind of foundational playbooks that you can run to get to a certain spot, but we live in an ever-changing world and the ability to adapt and innovate is so critical, right? Super the fast-changing world these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. So th- the next thing I think leaders, the great leaders understand, regardless of industry, what their product market fit is, right? Who, what are the problems in the industry they're in? What solutions are offered, and how does your product speak to those to those um, to those issues or that pain that that is caused within the industry that you're in? And and great leaders understand that. And to use a word that sometimes seems weird, they exploit it. Right? They talk about it all the time. They use it as kind of the aha moment. You know, you have this problem. This is why this. So you're saying you have this problem. Okay, you just shared this. This is why this makes sense. Right? And you have to kind of talk about that. Um, the next is kind of outside of the box thinking, right? Um, we live in a world of followers, right? There, you know, social media, social media following. It's like if you if you watch the NFL right now, it's like everyone's crazy about the Kansas City Chiefs because Taylor Swift goes to the games. Like everybody wants to follow something. There's fads and everybody follows it, right? I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, by the way. So hopefully we can beat them in a couple of weeks. That being said, they, you know, you, you need to think outside the box. You need to zig when others are zagging. Right. And the great leaders do that because they don't get comfortable in what they know is working. They're consistently trying to make sure that they're ahead of the curve. Right. Um, the, the fourth is making decisions quickly that are informed decisions. Right. So they can act quickly. So I'm a big North Star metric guy. So I, I think that businesses oftentimes overdo the amount of KPIs that they track, and what they look at. So they're lost in a sea of data and KPIs, but they don't know is the company doing well or they're doing bad. And I know that's something that you do very well within your organization and the clients that you work with. So you need to be able to understand what are the two or three main things, North Star metrics, that is going to make our company successful. And you need to make sure that you can make decisions on that quickly. Mm, and then the final point. two are you need to make sure you employ free thinking, capable team members, right? That mm. have the ability to make decisions for the business without you because leaders bottleneck all the time. You know, they bottleneck it because they want to feel like they want to control everything. Hire good people, train them the right way, 
make Trust sure they them. know what <laughs> you want out of them and then let them make the decisions. You will watch your business go the way you want it to go. Ooh, right? great, great, great insight on that one. Yeah. And then finally, it's past the praise, right? The great leaders that I know and that I've worked with and that I follow, right? They pass the praise. They realize what they're doing is bigger than themselves. They realize that there's team members that are creating these wonderful ideas, this wonderful innovation, and you need to pass the praise. Ultimately, if your team gets credit, you're going to get credit, right? Mm -hmm. At some point in time, but pass the praise so that they feel value, they feel mm -hmm. seen, and they're going to work harder for you. You want to watch somebody run through the wall for you, you know, professionally, you know, make highlight them. Even if it's something you did, highlight them. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see you're going to see growth happen. I like that. Yeah. And and you cannot grow without people. Absolutely. You know, not. you there's 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 never been in in any business that I know. And please, somebody, you know, comment in the podcast today if I'm wrong. But there's never been a business that has grown significantly with one person. It's always required a team. You know, and 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 to be a to have a team, you have to lead, and right. I think that that's that's uh that's really an important skill set, and it's a learned skill set. Yes, you know, there's natural born leaders, but for the most of us, it's a learned skill set and understanding the human side of it, as as you brought out the Absolutely. the 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 heart and the head in the house that they have, yeah. and when you can understand that, you can you can get more. Uh, from your team out of that Absolutely. and help you grow your business because they're That's they're right. driving it for you. That's right. They're the gas. They're the yes, gas they in the engine. I love That's it. That's right. Cool stuff. That's right. All yeah. right, Jason, this has been a really nice conversation. I love it. You've shared some really good juicy tips. Um, you've gotten some, uh, my idea here was to really get the leaders to think that how can I be a better leader? Because Absolutely. you're not alone out there. Um, where can listeners find out more about you and Naker Consulting? Yep. So uh, best way to do it is go to nakerconsulting.com backslash leadership. That's going to take you to my five-day uh, free email course. It's how to be a more inspiring leader in five days. And some of the nuggets that we just talked about, the, the, the six traits of, of successful leaders, that's in there. Each day comes with an accompanying template. Right. So it's a free template as well that you get. So uh, the first one is a 30 day leadership journal prompt. So if you want to be a better leader every day, there's a there's a prompt to kind of ask you about how you can be a better leader. Then there's a, a there's an action plan roadmap if things are going wrong. There's a problem identification worksheet that I've got included in that. There is an AI sales prompt. And then with this, the, there's an interview guide for trying to hire new leaders, right? Mm -hmm. and, it, and it connects to the six traits of all really good leaders. So it takes those six traits and creates an interview guide that you can use in your business if you're looking to hire the next leader. I love it. That is so valuable. And something that I don't think the listeners may have caught, this is an email sent to you. So it's not like you have to right. take time away from your business nope. to go sit on a on a training or call. This is right. all just delivered to your inbox and you can get to it hopefully yep. earlier rather than later. Five days for five minutes or less, you'll get all of this and you know it's completely free. So Fantastic. I love it. I'm going to go sign yeah. up for that as soon as we get off love this it. call. Yeah. This is awesome. Wow. Thank you so much for that, uh, Jason. I know that it's uh, super valuable. And listeners, wow. Did you find a couple ideas to put into your business that'll help you be more profitable? 
Oh my gosh, of course you did. I know I've got a list of them right here and go get Jason's download to help you factor a new way of leading into your company. All right. As I mentioned before, how would you like to boost your net profitability by 30, uh, 45% in just 30 days? Don't think it's possible? Of course it is, or I wouldn't be telling you about it. Go check out my new training called the 30-Day Profit Booster. Remember, this quick and easy profit-boosting strategy can be done without spending more money on marketing, hiring additional staff, or working longer hours. Go get more information at 30dayprofitbooster.com. All right. Well, Jason and I would love to hear your leadership, maybe your 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 success stories, the things that you took away from this podcast call. Tell us what nugget you got in the chat, and we would love to hear your feedback on that. And while you're at it, subscribe. You don't want to miss next podcast and future shows. So as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Jason. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 